Welcome to Bit About Crypto. I'm David James, the Job Whisperer, and I'm your host. And I'm here once again with my always faithful, always with me co-host, David Hampton, the robo-recruiter. Talk about it, David. How's it going? Yeah, it's going really, it's really going, well. Uh, yep. Yeah, so here we are. We're recording from, from, from San Diego. And uh, so basically, yeah, so we're sponsored by ourselves, Blockchain Recruiters, and the purpose of of the podcast, a bit about crypto, is to bring in uh, different voices, different visions, different takes on crypto, and specifically on on how to get jobs in the crypto sphere. So, what bit about crypto has done over the last year and a half? Uh, we grab uh, people who are actually innovators and operators that actually uh, are driving some type of uh, crypto ideation or a project. And so, anyhow, today's guest. Right is Matthew Hutchins, and Matthew is the CEO of Block Ape Scissors. Welcome. Thanks, David, and thank you, Dave, for uh, having me on the on the podcast. So uh, it's great to be here. I, I've uh, liaised with um, with Dave for a while about what you guys do, and um, really excited about um, the opportunities to to bring really amazing people into the space and to create wonderful things for uh, for people to use. Yeah, so you know what, what separates us, is, and this this only really happened for us when we got out of, uh, you know, construction and the other uh, areas we were in. Is when we got into, I, we just decided we're gonna like burn our boats and go into blockchain. Our clients are less than thirty five percent of them are in the United States. We're we're a global firm. I mean, really, New Zealand. Sorry, I know you guys don't play nice with them. Right? Uh, That's an old rivalry. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are all friends now, right? That's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. So, so blockchain recruiters. So, just a, a little plug on us. Um, if you uh, actually uh, want to actually get a hold of us, right? You can get a hold of my partner, Dave Hampton. He's Dave D A D E at blockchainrecruiters.org. All right. And if you're a candidate and you want to, you're looking for a position, come to our website, which is blockchainrecruiters.net. So, continuing on. Matthew, it looks like, you know, you're an old school, like IT uh, information officer type kind of guy, right? And that, that's how you act, like you come strong out of the Web 2 space and we're probably sniffing Web 3 before everybody else. Talk about it. Yeah, uh, so my background is very much in sort of uh, infrastructure to do with, you know, domain and, and legacy technology. So um, I actually got a an NT4 MCSE uh, in year 2000, and um, you know that's taking us all the way back in the really early. Oh, hold on a second. So, so for our audience, our audience is like the the, the new listen. Talk to them, just the Reader's Digest for them on what those certifications are. Uh, so I've got 11 Microsoft certifications, but the big one there is the is the MCSE, uh, and that's the Microsoft Certified Systems Engineer um, qualification, which. Uh, at the time, made me drastically overqualified for my age and experience. <laughs> um, it took a while, uh, actually, to get the job that I was qualified for because um, I didn't have the experience to back up my knowledge. Uh, but you know, you you hustle, you canvas, you scramble, uh, and eventually you get you get um, you know an opportunity to to prove your worth. And then six months later, I was the manager. So uh, these things happen. Um, but that. Certified systems engineer is everything in in the Microsoft realm at that era, which is you know like the year two thousand, um, for 
for that space and, and all of their products stack at a corporate and enterprise level. So um, at that age, you know, I was 20, I'm sort of showing my, my age here. Um, and I, I was qualified to, to roll out, you know, sort of uh, and support and, uh, and manage um, you know, enterprise level networks up to 15, 20,000 units. Um, and uh, you know, people, people weren't prepared to give that kind of opportunity to, uh, to a young kid um, or, you know, a young adult, really. So, um, you know, you go through the steps to, to prove that you, you can, in fact, do the work as well. Uh, you're responsible and, and all those sorts of things. So that's how I started out um, with, with that sort of certification stack. And then I moved very much into enterprise messaging. Uh, so all of the exchange type stuff um, <clears throat> in, in terms of email on, on an enterprise level. So clustering and load balancing and all those things. Um, and then taking through to the more late stuff that I did, which is more innovative. We were using, um, you guys know actually you've been in construction. So all of the um, uh, architectural engineering construction space, uh, all the CAD stations, um, we were, I was a, the head of tech uh, for the last job that I worked for, um, for a tech sales company, which represented the majority market share for uh, Autodesk. Uh, and all the Autodesk software. Um, so yeah, we had some very innovative stuff going on and we were, we were actually putting all their CAD stations um, in the cloud. Um, so we were the, the only uh, partner, uh, so that there was an NVIDIA um, cloud partner as well as an, an NVIDIA reseller in Australia. Um, and we we're the only one that were able to successfully put CAD stations, like the real grunty ones, uh, in the cloud um, and have them um, auto provision, auto scale, um, co locate, load balance, etc. Um, so, myself and another guy built that. And, uh, and then, you know, we got bought out by this other company that then got bought out by RIB Software. And then that got bought out by Schneider Electric. And you guys understand how that will go. Sounds so, like you're a trendsetter. Yeah, like you're still around on the fourth buyout. That means you, <laughs> well, Matthew, are doing something right. Yeah, um, yeah. It was look. It was really amazing. But I think what what taught me the most was when I transitioned, you know, completely from being uh, tech lead on the tools to uh, to being, you know, project manager. And then eventually, uh, like we worked on a lot of construction projects. Um, so they were purely about uh, digital transformation. Um, because they had a they had a, a stack called M2, and that stack uh, essentially was having full construction workflows um, end to end. You know, so your your cost planning, your cost management, uh, all of those aspects. Instead of doing you know two D markups on the plan, um, you could do this all through even a VR headset. Uh, so yeah, my it's, job, it's, it's crazy how, how yeah. all of a sudden you got to move a building yeah. like six feet in. How that changes everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um, you know what was what was really amazing. So the, one of the firms that uh, that that absorbed a lot of my attention and time uh, during that phase was um, a company called Mervac. So they're a um, I think two point two billion dollar Australian construction company, prevalent, um, and uh, and incredible flagship company uh, to be working with and they scaled their team enormously um, 
for their digital transformation project, which was uh, 16 applications, you know, going into four for their stack. So um, it was very successful in terms of the ideation scope and, and planning. Um, they had an amazing team there and uh, and we slotted into to what they needed. And um, it, was, it was a really amazing process. Uh, I learned things that at a, at, a, at a peak, you know, multinational, enormous enterprise level, you don't get exposure to uh, every day. And, um, and that was really hugely valuable for me. And I'm very grateful for that opportunity because um, it's given me uh, that understanding of, okay, so how do we scale um, full enterprise planning across business departments and chains and the, the full value of chain uh, for workforce planning um, and how do we take, you know, all of those elements that we're looking to do for the digital transformation aspect into the, um, into the data realm, you know, how do we, how do we, how do we cater for this? How do we make sure that it's, um, that it's bulletproof uh, and we're going about it the right way with future proofing um, all these elements. So taught me a huge amount. Uh, I was, I was blown away. Um, and I'm the kind of guy that, when I sink my teeth into something, um, I just I just keep going at it, and uh, and I, I, You're like Dave I, I really, yeah, I really <laughs> I really reveled in the opportunity uh, to do that, um, and it's the same I guess for me in crypto. So um, I initially became interested in in crypto in uh, in 2017. Oh, uh, you messed uh, me up! You messed me up. My tagline is "How did crypto find you?" Right? It's like, hey, I'm running the podcast. All right. <laughs> Sorry, David. Um, yeah, right. I'm I'm quite sensitive. Any I, any I know, but but I really I wanted to I wanted to transition into like uh how, how crypto actually found you you like saw it. So clearly two thousand seventeen is when <clears throat> like sixty five percent of the population of the world found it, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, I mean, um I was uh looking at, at opportunities um you know, for both monetarily in terms of, um, you know, my financial future, as well as, um, uh, you know, technology. Um, that was sort of always on my horizon. Um, so at the time I was I was trading through um, Etoro. I got introduced to Etoro uh, by a friend. And, um, and he actually said that his best investment that he ever made was, um, and this is, you know, 2017, right? So he said the best investment he ever made was um, was in Ethereum, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, it was a dollar. He, yeah, he he bought it. Uh, he actually bought it at eighteen eighteen dollars. Uh, no, hang on. No, he well, sold it at eighteen dollars. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I remember looking at Ethereum at a dollar and going, "It's a, it's a dog. It's not going to go anywhere." <laughs> right. So anyhow, me, meanwhile, I'm looking at my Bitcoin at three hundred. Well, it's just like, yeah, I've already 2x because at the time I got it at 100, but whatever. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. So, yeah, so so he's he's talking yeah. about ETH, right? Yeah, he's talking about Ethereum. Uh, and I was like, what is this? And um, so then, you know, you go down the, the rabbit hole. Uh, and uh, so I firstly went down the rabbit hole of what is a CFD? How does this work? What is that? You know, oh, I don't own these things. They're just a contract. Okay, cool. All right. I think I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, eventually. Um, but the what really was fascinating for me was the 
was the technology that underpinned this you know financial product was for me just blew me away i was like okay most of what we have in society today is built on trust layers so you have intermediaries that facilitate trust in order to perform an action if you have that that is governed and automated by computation and mathematics that that can be you know immutable and prominent that is beyond revolutionary um and i think still some people maybe are missing the point of what that does because what it actually genuinely does is let's have a look just for a moment at the commodity space which is <laughs> which is uh crazy um and not to take anything away from anyone that works in that space it is very very um cutthroat and ruthless um what you have is enormous deals that are quite often done you know backroom conversations and these sorts of things and you might have a channel of uh of distribution there and you have up to you know 20 different people that are getting cuts out of this thing because they don't trust the other individual with the information that they provide because they might use it and take the full cut so that's right this is the scenario that we have is that there's enormous trust in this value chain and you have all these people that survive and sometimes thrive on on the basis of having to abstract information because they don't trust someone else to do the right thing and this is rife this is why we have banks um this is why we have all of these things and it effectively if we have a system that enforces that trust um via computation conditions and triggers events yeah but the problem um, now is those those trust mechanisms that you find are exactly the app they're anti trust right because they they now can actually based on tyranny and governments they can actually take all that stuff from you right right yeah right and we're on the same thing um so i wanted to just to tell you this like we used to play rock paper scissors like when <laughs> yeah. up, up in high school and then when i was in college and in the army and the thing is we play it and if you lose we'd smack we'd smack right there on the wrist as hard as you can so if you lose <laughs> there's there's a consequence right so pick your rock and paper scissors right so you actually got like uh you turned rock paper scissors into like block ape scissors can you yep. talk about how, how, i mean really all i got to do is like join your your uh your your metaverse and and I'm take my rock paper scissors school and i can like you know be be caesar king of the apes <laughs> yeah pretty much um look it's been a real journey uh in in 2018 i had probably my first main idea for crypto and blockchain gaming um which is you know just a very simple uh rock paper scissors game um so you're saying you are the guy that invented rock paper scissors in the entire world congratulations no. i i owe you a royalty i'm kidding i'm making a joke <laughs> <laughs> it actually comes uh, it actually comes from ancient china um uh -huh. back in the, the very early part of the second um uh second hang on we got uh it's not it's the millennium second millennium um somewhere around the 1400s i i believe um that it, it dates back to and then it so, moved but, to but no but I, i i yeah japan and by the way i just so you know when i was in germany driving a car 
right? You would come, two guys would come up, right? Uh, on who's gonna go, they go like this, like this. <laughs> like, like, like literally, literally decide who's gonna are, go. Are you making time. that up? That's, that sounds kind of made up. How, how no, are you I'm driving that the autobahn going 100 miles an hour? No, 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 I'm, 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 no, no not the autobahn. I'm just talking about driving in, <laughs> in Germany. There, there's a certain mentality, like everybody's kind of going, right? They're just mm -hmm. going and it's like, when and, and there's this rule that when you're merged, like we don't have the United States, you've got to merge one to one to one to one in the United States, which is like, hey, go to the hell, you should have been here. And what I'm saying, <laughs> there have been situations where the guys will go like, who's going to go next? Like uh, coming out, not on the Autobahn, but I just, yeah. I, I, it didn't happen a lot, but I, it's because I didn't drive a lot. But I just thought that was uh, odd. Did you, did you, have you heard about things like that happening? Like, where strangers are going to use rock, paper, scissors just to settle like an easement and a right of passage. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah, is one of the reasons why, um, why I thought it would be so profound is because in Japan, it's very embedded in their culture um, these days. You know, what they, they use it as a decision protocol. Um, and uh, <laughs> you know, who, gets, who gets the girl? Yeah, who gets the girl? Who pays for, for um, you know, the sake? Who pays for this? Who pays for that? Um, it is so part, like such a, a, a real um, staple of, of their culture over there. And I had no idea um, until I started researching it. And I was like, hmm, Jenkin, this is very interesting. Um, and I was like, well, why don't we just translate this into something that is um, that's super easy and we can just make it go viral? Um, and uh and that so that was the original idea in 2018 where we arrived in 2021 is that i you know i've been asked uh by summer and um uh, started i think it was you know meme the, the whole meme sort of side of things and it was just bsc was blowing up and there were all these crazy opportunities and and um there's still some huge farming opportunities um polygon was was exploding um and things were great right and i was like all right i have some time um so mm -hmm. i started you know at the very early stage of 2021 uh i started theorizing you know how this would look um and i put everything together and put the white paper together and then i put a team together uh to kick us off and um and we we got it up and running and yeah and, and in in june of 2021 we um we kicked off the initial version of uh block x scissors which was basically uh a zero sum uh game you know based on the block page block so block <laughs> block rock paper scissors oh my gosh rock yeah. paper scissors version um that had been implemented into you know uh, a game with avatars etc um and that was our first iteration it was very um it was it was very simple and it was also based partially on what could be conceived as a gambling model um so we had elements there that uh would likely in this day and age as in this year and next year come under fairly intense scrutiny um so you know through all the compliance and legals we pivoted and then we pivoted again and now we're here and we have uh we have essentially what we've become which is a, a blockchain gaming studio and service provider um and what our intention is is to enable the future of gaming um so we're building a, a full product stack and end-to-end -end platform that um 
that leads into making things significantly easier uh, to create products at scale um, to enable mass adoption for these uh, you know, wonderful opportunities in the future. So why don't you tell, because <clears throat> we're coming to the end of our time, <clears throat> why don't you tell uh, our audience uh, how they can find you and why they should find you? <clears throat> Yeah, cool. So, um, I mean, you can find us on uh, blockhsystems.com. Um, we have a variety of socials. So we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, TikTok, and um, we have a fairly big community on Discord as well as Telegram. Um, we have a very active community in terms of we have, uh, you know, quest models, engagement ways. So if you want to take part into the community and, um, and contribute and build uh, different activities and, um, and progress, by all means, um, there are lots of ways to get involved. <clears throat> There's lots of reasons to get involved. Uh, so we're actually going through a fundraising opportunity at the moment, um, preparing for the next 18 months of our scaling development of our uh, products. Um, we should have 12 products that we're rolling out. Um, and um, irrespective of any funding, we will do that anyway. Uh, it just might take a little bit longer. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, how, how big is your team now, Matt? Where are you guys at right now? So I believe we've got 32 full-time equivalents uh, plus our moderators, which is elastic. So, um, you know, moderators are very much a, a meritocracy. Um, they come in and uh, and provide, you know, services um, based on their availability, not us enforcing that. Uh, and we have a, a formula that we um, that we remunerate on uh, based on that. So. That, that can be anywhere between, um, you know, 10 to, to 45 people, um, you know, across all of our okay. different regions uh, and, and I guess community channels. So um, <clears throat> at this moment, it's probably easy just to say we have, uh, you know, 30, 32 full-time full equivalents and um, and that's, you know, where we're going or where we are. Uh, but um, moving to the next stage, that will um, change significantly because we're, uh, we're interfacing with... Um, a huge amount of uh of brands uh on the sporting side and 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 that kind of um opportunities that are really starting to cultivate for us uh with our nft launch pad and um there's some really magical stuff coming together uh i really wish i could just mention i mean it's just really hard not to just tell people exactly what's yeah going yeah on it's, back, it's our world it's our world yeah. we want to tell our candidates about some of the companies we recruit for and are we tell our new clients like who our old clients are, and we just can't do it it's just yeah, uh, yeah. It's well, a, what's what's been your uh uh your secret sauce in terms of hiring the right people i mean it's growing to where you are right now it's uh um it, it can be tough growing to to 30 plus in the first year so what's what's been kind of your your secret sauce in hiring how do you what's your lens on that <sighs> right question uh, and something we could we could literally spend probably a couple of hours on that question. <laughs> uh, that's what it's all about, you know. Um, so as as an example, you know our our senior game development team, you know that have worked on um, Star Wars games, uh, Gears of War, um, Spyro, Tide Tasmania Tiger, all these different um, you know amazing titles that people play and they they know. Um, they have been through a lot in the industry game development traditionally is force it down your throat hit a deadline if you don't you're going to yield out that's that's traditionally game development um but i was like very fortunate to approach this 
scenario with the mentality like people first, um, you know, family and people and, and their lives first. You work to live, you don't live to work. Um, right. And I approach this with this with the with the mentality like we we are not going to work people to the bone, even though. <laughs> <laughs> even though I'm, I'm uh, absolutely looking for just a small break in, uh, in you know, just a day here and there would be nice, uh, personally. Um, but I don't, um, I don't expect people to work crazy hours. Um, in fact, I, I tell people regularly, go and take some time off, please. Um, got a game developer who's just, he's just. He's a machine. He just churn, he churns out so much great quality work, and um, and I have to tell him, please stop working and, and do something else away from the right. screens. You know, um, it's the reverse, right? Um, and yeah, I had, I had a daughter like that. Well, she's still my daughter, but like she literally would be up there studying, right? And I literally would sit there. I say, I want you to put that book down. I want you to go to the mall and to the movies and be with your friends. It's just. Uh, Sometimes it's like when they're in it, they're in it. Yeah. yeah. And and I and I would say it sounds like I mean, I guess, you know, to summarize in terms of what you're what I, what I think you do is I think you just you show them that you care. You just show them that, hey man, I'm I'm looking out for you. And in return, it sounds like they're they're willing to to go to the ends of the earth because you they they that that part seems to be innate in terms of or or just like it's like a certain energy that, yeah. that just comes across can't be inauthentic it's not fake it's like it's just it's just real it's just true it's it's authentic right yeah. and so that part is the part that i think that people feel without it uh like an indescribable feeling that you know that i'm not even going to try to describe well put i think um probably just add uh if i could to that um comment that you've just made is uh what what we have been through as in uh what i've been through um in in my job experience and uh a collective corporate experience is that usually i'm not gonna say too much else usually corporations are very focused on on their goals um and the the human aspect um is often decoupled uh, it's often separated by the intentions, the goals of that corporation. Um, <clears throat> my opinion is that human capital and the people that we bring with us on this journey are the value. And if, you, if you're not focused primarily on supporting that and fostering it, encouraging it, growing it, uh, and building it, and building that culture that is very much unified um, to support a collective ideal with independent leadership, you know, as part of the greater team whole. If you're not building that, you've already failed. Mm. Because, Matthew. yeah, I'm sorry. It's, I'm... it's just, it's too important. Your, your people are, are number one. We're gonna have to have you back on, but what's the last thing that you can say for people I mean, this is a lot of people. People are trying to repurpose themselves, their values, so they can actually get into the blockchain, the crypto, the NFT space. What would you What would you say to the people that are out there and listening? Um, <clears throat> oof. It's, a, it's a huge one. Uh, I mean, this is another segment all in itself. I, I would say that, um, you know, listen, learn. LinkedIn is such a great opportunity to, to get mm -hmm. um, across what's happening in this space. 
um, a post that I'll be putting out today um, will actually have enormous amount of um, of data in there, and so there's there's going to be I think 130 different uh, Web3 and Metaverse uh, reports that are going to come out. Um, and LinkedIn is un is 100 the best opportunity for people to learn about the space, um, get involved, give back, help, share, um, absolutely like foster and, and grow that community spirit and attitude because that's what Web3 is all about. It's no longer about I have this and I'm holding on to it and no one can have it, um, which is the real old way of thinking. This is. I, I have this, we want to grow the space. We want people that have integrity to come in uh, and help us build it and, and grow, you know, all these different areas and opportunities. So get active, get uh, up to speed with what's going on, contribute, get involved, help, give back. Um, and you'll be really surprised what happens. Um, and I'm sure I mean, you get involved with, um, with Dave and David uh, or myself. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to point you in the right direction. There's a huge amount of opportunities. Yeah, to grow together, you must grow together, right? So anyhow, <laughs> so Matthew Hutchins, block, ape, scissors, right? I just want to say thank you so much for uh, giving us your time from the uh, planet Australia and uh, coming all the way uh, to us via Zoom. And to my, my cohort, Dave Hampton, Eternally grateful. Yeah. And remember, everybody, I'm David James. Keep whispering.